0: Welcome to Marginally Significant. Uh, my name is Andrew Smith, and I am here with Chris Holden. Hey. And Twyla Wingrove. Hello. As you might notice, we uh, are without our, um, I don't know, fourth leg, so uh, Andrew Monroe <laughs> is not here, um, but hopefully we can um, still have a good podcast without him. Um, so, It'll Twyla- be better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Chances are it'll be slightly better, but hopefully he's not listening to this right now. Um, so, Twyla, you were not here last time, because we're kind of apparently rotating who's not here. Um, Where were you? You were at a conference?
1: I was at a conference. I was at the American Psychology Law Society Conference. So shout out to Division 41 of the APA. (laughs) Whoop (laughs) whoop. It was in Portland, Oregon, much beloved. Uh, And so I did get to eat a donut at Blue Star Donuts. And it was lovely. But I have a general complaint that donuts sell out way too fast in the lovely city of Portland, Oregon. So if we could increase the batch number, that would satisfy me.
0: they literally yeah. are like, we're gonna make a hundred donuts, and then they are yeah. like noon, or like, sorry, sold out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. And so there was a huge line. We waited in line, and then by the time we get to where we can actually see the the trays, most of them were sold out. Hmm. So it's fine because there was a chocolate one left.
0: Okay, that that's <laughs> all you need. Right. Yeah, good right. enough.
1: So it was good.
0: Why don't they just make more?
1: That is a question that I have. <laughs>
2: it's a scarcity thing man. that's true yeah yeah, yeah. it's good because it's scarce yeah, yeah. alright it's right. not
1: that the ingredients are scarce you're saying that it's it right. improves the uh, desire
0: for right the right
1: yeah there was quite a line so
0: yeah it's it. buy and demand yeah keep people in demand I don't know yeah yeah. Either way. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll cut this part out. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So on. Oh, uh, oh can I like, add one more thing? No. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Like,
1: I want to thank people at. At APLS at the conference for they made a suggestion to me, which then I shared with these folks mm-hmm. about the length of the podcast.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so that led to a Twitter poll yep. and a decision to shorten the episodes. Right. And so thank you. Shout out to the folks who complained. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to complainers everywhere. Yeah. And also I want to thank the APLS student committee for their support. And a couple students stopped me, grad students stopped me at APLS and say they were excited. Nice.
0: Awesome. So we're excited, but we don't want to listen to 90 minutes of you. We can stand 45 minutes (laughs) of your voice.
1: Normally, in a conference, you talk for about 10 minutes. Yeah. So if you can limit it to that. Yeah. Uh, Exactly.
0: All right. Well, that's it. So we're done. Yeah, we're done. That's been been a good
1: podcast.
0: We will see you guys later. Uh, No, that's really funny. But that's good, though. That it uh, kind of prompted that um, idea. We put it on Twitter. And then obviously, Twitter people voted maybe slightly overwhelmingly suggesting 45 (laughs) 45. minutes. It was like 85% of the people wanted it to be 45 minutes or just didn't care. Um, But yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. No, it's good feedback. Yeah. It's helpful. No, and we appreciate it. Yeah. And we've said this every episode, but yeah, we love to hear from other people about what they like, what they don't like, how we can prove, and so on. Speaking it, of improving, yeah, we maybe are slightly improving in terms of the audio quality. Hopefully, that is coming across because we have now more microphones, um, yep. but this is something that we can always continue to improve upon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm excited to see what this sounds like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on today's uh, episode, we're going to be focusing on statistics. So whether... Um, well, I, don't, I don't know how to like, like set this up. It's basically whether yeah. people should be able to run their own statistics. But what it is more than that is when you, let's say, publish a paper... As the lead author, should you be like I don't know, held accountable? Should you be able to run the own statistics that are that are on your own paper? And I guess that's the the question. Right. But before we get into that, I would like to talk to you, Twyla. So you um, are in a particular position where maybe you have an opinion about this. Because more or less You help people run their <laughs> statistics <laughs> So uh, just let us know Like like yeah, like what, what position Are you in, what do you do, what do you help people with And, and, and kind of like how does, does your position play Into this whole conversation Right,
1: so I am uh, I'm, I have a split academic Employment, so I have 50% of my um, Time is spent In the psychology department with you guys And 50% of my time is Spent in the office of research And what I do there is um, essentially stats consulting, stats and methods consulting at various levels. So I consult with students and I consult with faculty and staff um, and at various stages of the project. So some faculty members will come to me in the early stages, either grant writing or just idea development for some general methods, consultations some power analysis, that kind of thing Um, and then other folks come to me once they already have the data and and ask what do I do with this (laughs) or I know which I'm sure you love (laughs) Uh, either what do I do with this or some of them come to me and say I know exactly what I need to do with this but I don't know how to do it Right. Um, and I think those are important differences because when we're coming to this question that you raised Mm -hmm. understanding what needs to be done and understanding the output i think is the most important thing whether you know the steps or how to write the code to me is less important for the author Um, and so so that distinction will carry through in some of my additional comments yeah
2: that, that was my first thought as well. Like it's, it's almost moot to me whether you should be able to understand them because you should. Yeah. Right. The, that's to me, that's the threshold, but like understanding the output, understanding basically. the output. So like if you're at a, a talk and someone says, can you explain why you have an eigenvalue of this? Uh, you right. should be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I would take a pretty hard line on that, but I could see gradation in should you be able to actually run that? Like you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, So I was going to ask, like, should we set that up as the distinction? Is it more about understanding or is it actually about physically running them?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And to kind of follow up on that, well, I don't know, to change the topic, I guess. Anyway, (laughs) um, uh, so one thing that's worth noting, too, though, the people who you work with, I don't know if you mentioned this really, are across the university, right? So we're not talking about just professor so
1: absolutely yeah so this the our office is open to anyone at the university who wants research support in that way and so um, we prioritize faculty projects but across all colleges and departments and then um, we also provide staff and student consultations as well so what departments have you worked with so far Oh, jeez. Um, I've worked with, so I can think about it in terms of sort of interdis- or disciplinary divisions. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with a lot of social sciences, yeah. both qualitative and quantitative. So social work, education, psychology, um, and then I, uh, biology. I've worked with a, fe- a couple folks in biology. Um, and then in terms of staff, we've had a couple people from the library who are doing sort of internal assessment mm-hmm. kinds of work. Oh, cool. Who, yeah, who have swung by. Um, and in um, fine and applied arts, I've worked with people in sustainable technology. To awesome. do some different kinds of projects, uh, either experimental or using large-scale data sets, mm-hmm. like weather patterns, to make some evaluations to recommend sort of renewable energy strategies. Mm-hmm. So it's been across almost every college at the university. Um, and and every role really, yeah. from undergrad student to junior faculty, senior faculty, and staff.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think that's a good um, I don't know setup to to talk about in terms of the the fact that we're we're not just talking about like psych faculty members. Right. Right. Now in terms of our opinions, it's gonna be like ninety eight percent about like, okay, when we're, you know, doing our projects because we're all psychology faculty members, that's gonna be the the case, but but this might differ across different areas and whatnot because they they, I don't know, maybe don't have the same uh Um, statistical training that we have they might have different uh, backgrounds and so on so I think that this might be some of the arguments that we might make might be specific to well in psychology maybe we should do this or whatever but in other areas maybe it it would be different so yeah shout out to if you uh, are from a different area (laughs) feel free to reply to us on Twitter and say why we're wrong or right or whatever Um, but yeah uh, a lot of the opinions that we're going to have are going to be specific to psychology
1: absolutely yeah Yeah. and I should also add that we um, part of what we our mission is is to provide workshops on various statistical techniques Mm. and so we have an educational component in addition to the one-on-one consultation
0: So what are the workshops like? What do you mean?
1: So they vary in content. Some of it is new discussions. So we actually this semester had an open science right. workshop that Chris hosted. It was um, awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Not
0: that I'm biased at <laughs> all, but yeah, it was amazing. Yeah.
1: So some of it is um, me as director trying to keep an eye on the conversations that are happening, which is really hard for me because I know the conversations that are happening in psychology, but in bio or... Yeah. Uh, sustainability. I don't. It, it it requires some reaching. Yeah. Um, and then some of it is hands on. Uh, this year we focused on a string of refresher, what I call refresher courses. So, all oh, right. Um, so, t, like reminding people, mean. What are means differences tests? When do you want to do a mean difference test? Mm-hmm. ANOVA t test, and we walk through how to do, um, starting with t tests up to two by two ANOVA. Um, and then we did a correlation and multiple regression one and then in the past we've also done this was before I I began became the director of the office we did more complicated ones like a multi-level modeling workshop yeah, and I'll did. pick those up again um eventually yeah. one day yeah. <laughs> but we um one thing that's really hard to gauge which has to do with the the fact that we're representing so many or trying to help so many different fields is where people are and what kind of training they need or want and so we've decided to start with sort of the basics and then build up from there
0: yeah yeah i was at the multi-level modeling one and (laughs) <laughs> more or less was confused, but that's more because of me and less because of the uh, training that was involved. But but that will become relevant for uh, ideas that we have later in terms of what should we be expected to run and so on.
1: Yeah.
2: Right.
0: All right. Yeah, so
2: I think as long as people are making a good faith effort to try and understand what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and that can be going through services like what Twyla does Mm -hmm. or uh, contacting a colleague and saying like, hey, I know you've done this in a paper. Can you show me this? As long as they're doing that in good faith, I don't hold them accountable for uh, actually knowing how to do it. Mm -hmm. If they have the understanding or they're coming in like you described, some people do where... They say, here's my research question. Hopefully, they're not saying, here's the outcome I want, or here's the significance yeah. that I want. But they're, they're coming in, and they're saying, "Like, here's my research question. Here's what would affirm or deny this. How can I get to that? Mm-hmm. I think that's totally fine. I don't see an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would want to know how to do it. I would teach myself. But I, I'm probably biased. And I don't think that everybody should... Strive for that I think there's A lot of trade-offs There's a lot of Different things That you're working on um, And I guess To make a parallel I kind of see it Like uh, You know All the different roles That you can have In a, a research project So You can have Undergrad or grad students Helping you with Data Coding, entry, collection, and that's what they're responsible for. Right? You can have someone who really knows the material and is maybe writing up the the intro, uh, and then you could have someone who's like the stats guru, or you you find a, an office like. What you do, Twyla, and and contact them. So I really see it as like a a collaborative process. And again, as long as it's a good faith sort of thing and it's not like, how can I get statistical significance? I think that's that's totally fine. And I, I don't see that as being indicative of being a bad scientist.
0: Yeah. And I mean, one thing I want to, I don't know, I just, I, I feel like I just keep wanting to give context of uh, like, all right, so Twila, you know, a ridiculous amount of statistics and like, you know, um, SEM and multi-level modeling and all this sort of garbage. Um, and you have taught our graduate level uh, quant class. Chris, you are currently teaching Indeed. our graduate level quant class. You know a lot about factor analysis and and multi-level modeling and all this other garbage and whatnot. So I it's think, all garbage. It's all garbage, yeah. <laughs> all of Whatever. And and I feel like I might be the kind of odd man out in this conversation in terms of like, I'm not teaching grad level stats. I'm not teaching all these different things. And so I'm kind of like, well, the typical Well, maybe not typical, but... But I am a faculty member who's coming into this, like where right. I don't maybe know how to do a lot of these statistics. So, so like with multi-level modeling, I've done it a few times. Every single time I do it, I have to refresh my memory and go right. back and look at how people do it and how do I interpret the output and all this sort of stuff, and it takes like you know a million years for me to actually figure out how to do this. So so I'm coming at it and at somewhat of a different perspective. So for the two of you guys to to be like, sure, every faculty member should know how to do it, or they shouldn't. Maybe that's fine, but I think it's a different perspective coming from me, who's like, well, I don't know as much about stats right. as you guys. I'm like, I don't know. T-Test, I'm cool with. ANOVA, sure. Right. You know. Just more groups. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can yeah. figure that out. You know, two right. by two, sure, you know. But then you get into, you know, like all this, you know, mediation, moderation. I can pretty much follow what's going on there. But then anything beyond that, it, it, it's a little bit, excuse me, a little bit tough. So, like, do I just defer to other people and just say, like, well, I don't know how to do it. So, great. We'll just right. to go to the, you know... Uh, office of uh, what's your office? Research data
1: analysis.
0: Office of the the RDA, the Office of Research Data Analysis. Do I just go to them, default to them, or do I actually learn how to do it myself? Which takes a long time to learn a new statistical right. analysis.
1: And I think if you have someone you can trust, and that's key. Yeah. Then you don't need to know how to do it. Like right. I, I guess I feel like collaboration. There's a little bit... like I guess part of my question is how much of it is wanting to control every aspect of a project Mm -hmm. and how much of it is really wanting to understand um, the stats and feeling like an obligation to understand the stats for the sake of understanding the stats. Because... And in other kinds of large scale collaborations it's not uncommon for most of the people on the team to not understand how to run the stats and um, for one or two people to be these stats people who are doing the analyses and reporting the analyses um, but in our field it seems much less common yeah right so i would agree with that so in other
0: areas like especially like you know um, like medicine and other areas, like the people who are doing the research are like, well, yeah, obviously you wouldn't be the person who do does all the, the stats because you're not trained in that area. I don't know. Psychology, it just, like, it feels a little bit different. And, and maybe we should make the distinction. So, so I've mentioned this before, but in large scale... Collaborations, I 100% agree. Where if there's ten people on this project, it's not realistic to think that all 10 people know how to do all of the analyses. And I, I think that's totally fine. Do you think
1: the PI, even if it's 10 10- and,
0: and that's the question, is does the PI, does mm-hmm. the person who is like the point, bar, like the person who, like, when they publish, they say, hey, if you have questions, contact me. Does that person know how to run the analyses? Because, at least on Twitter, there there have been um, um, uh, kind of questions about this where then they contact the PI. The PI says, oh, well, I didn't run the analyses. Contact these people. The other people say, well, I didn't run the analyses. Contact this person. This person was a grad student. Oh, sorry, this grad student is no longer with this university. You can't contact them. So now there's nobody that they can contact who is who's actually run these analyses and knows what to do. So that's the, the issue. So, yeah. So I get with, like, okay, yeah, if you have a big collaborative project, and this is something that, like, certainly, like, uh, research one universities have maybe more so than we do, where, yeah, they're going to gonna have these big projects with multiple people and so on. But on our projects, where we have typically there's the PI who's running everything, and it's more of a... Um, I don't know, educational situation where you have some grad students who need to learn from this, where you have maybe even sometimes undergrads. Like I have multiple papers where there's undergrads on it and they need to learn from it. As the PI, do I need to know how to run all of the analyses? And I guess that's more my question.
2: So I have a couple of thoughts. Uh, Most directly related to what you're talking about now, uh, I think there's an argument to be made that this is why open science is important, right? right. So if you, even if you have someone who is the stats person, if they're posting that on OSF mm-hmm. and they're posting their code or their syntax, if someone sends an inquiry to the the PI and says, hey, how did you run this? Or can you explain how you ran this? You just send them to OSF and it's there. Yeah. And I'm betting nine times out of 10, the person that is interested in how you ran it will know what's happening in the syntax or in the code. So I think that's something that's important. I might be biased. I don't know. Uh, But I think if you were doing that, or at least there was that being shared across the team, that uh, cuts down on the the concern there. Uh, You can give the PI some leeway and say, like, you know, I can point you to this. Um, And it's got got the record of it. It's all there. Um, Another thought that I had was... In terms of differences between is it, you know, like an undergrad team that you're working with, or is it just a collaborative collaborative effort across other people that might be faculty, I think there's a little bit of a... There's a difference there, and I I might be wrong in this, but I feel like if you're the PI, you should really be taking those reins. At the same time, I might walk back from that a little bit and say, like, if there's an undergrad or grad student that has particular training and is very strong with some method, I think that's fine too. Again, it would kind of go back to how are you keeping track of this? How are you sharing this information? Um, Then earlier... I'm all over the place right now. But earlier, Andrew, you were talking about context. I What I keep going back to is the fact that there are other situations wherein we're totally okay saying, you know more about this than I do. And one salient example for me is I was writing that chapter and I was talking about anchoring effects yeah. and I contacted you and said, you know, you do JDM research, tell me about anchoring effects. I want to make sure I'm representing this properly. To me, I see that along the same lines as, hey, I know that this is the type of question being asked, it seems in line with this sort of analysis, we're comparing means or we're allocating variance across multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Can you help me with this?
0: Yeah, that's a, a, that's a really interesting point. I'm totally undermining everything that I'm saying right now and knowing that I'm doing that. But I totally agree that like at, at one level I'm, I'm saying, well, in other contexts, I'm saying like, yeah, it makes sense to know when you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And and so it makes sense to say like well I'm not really sure about like you said like anchoring effect so I'm gonna go like defer to like the person who knows a lot more about this and whatever but then now in like statistics I'm saying like no but you need to know is right, run right all of your statistics so I I know I, I realize I'm completely contradicting myself so I'm more or less hoping that like any listener is ignoring what I'm saying <laughs> right now right but I don't know it just it feels weird to me to to like to to run an analysis or to, to describe I shouldn't say run because I didn't run it but to describe an analysis in a paper that I'm running up or, or, or I right up, up yeah. to, to then be like oh great but I didn't know exactly how to run that or I actually didn't run that analysis and I'm just taking somebody else's word for it I mean maybe that's like I don't know trust issues or something <laughs> like <laughs> that that's getting into a bit deeper issues but I don't know that just feels weird to me
1: would it feel better if they were an author on the paper does that make a difference I that's a really good
0: question. I think that it does make a difference. It probably shouldn't. But I think it does make a difference because then, like, if other people have questions, they can actually contact one of the authors of the papers or one of the authors of the paper. And, like, I could direct them to, like, well, you know, as the the first author or the lead author, but um, actually, you know, the the third author, um, Twilight Wingrove, ran all of the analyses. So direct all of your questions to her. That actually might be better. It still makes me feel yes. uncomfortable, though. Really, anyway.
1: my take on it is that you have that any research team mm-hmm. has an ethical responsibility to be accountable for everything in that document as a team. Right. But which portions you're accountable for can be divided. I mean, as the team, you're going to go down in flames yeah. if, if it turns out to be a shit show. Yeah. But hopefully it doesn't. Yeah. And uh, you divide and conquer, right? That's what a collaboration is. Right. You're bouncing ideas around and you're dividing the, the writing responsibilities and whatever you might be doing. And so I think it's perfectly fine if it's not the first author who has the statistical responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the communication problem is important to consider, but I think it's separate from the question of should you run your own stats, because um, the breakdown in terms of tracking down authors, I just think that's a whole different issue, okay. uh, and it is a problem. I'm in the middle of it right now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it's separate because that happens outside of statistics. Um, go ahead.
2: I really didn't have much. Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs>
1: And then with the student thing, I feel like that adds another level of complexity. So if if everyone else on the team are students and you're the PI and you're serving in a mentor role, then your ethical responsibility is to ensure that whatever tasks they're working on to earn authorship, they are also doing correctly. So there's a little bit of... Uh, correction and double checking that might happen even more than if you're working with a collaborative team of more senior level people. Right? Do you
0: agree? Well, I'm. I'm I, want, I want
1: clarification.
0: Yeah. Clarification. So, so do you mean in those instances where, like, I'm working with a grad student, I'm working with an undergrad, so I should make sure I know how to do all of the stats? Think, is that what you're saying?
1: I think it depends on the circumstances because I have colleagues whose graduate students, whose doc level students, yeah. have more stats training than they do. Yeah. Um, but at a master's level institution, that's usually pretty unlikely. Right. That the master student will have more stats training than the senior. Level.
0: But I mean, but I think the doc level is interesting like idea so so if a um uh phd student student who Mm -hmm. hasn't gotten their phd yet but if they have more training than than their advisor should the the advisor be okay with an instance where they are running analyses that the advisor doesn't Fully understand, can't replicate, can't actually double check to make sure it's right. Is that okay if the PhD student can do that? So,
2: so I think my short answer is yes. Okay. Uh, and to me, it goes back to what are the goals of that project. So if you're your PI, your senior faculty, or whatever it might be. Um, your goal is to make sure that you're providing adequate training for the people that are on that team, working on that project uh, at the level that they need it. So... I don't think it's so much of a hard line between faculty and students. It's more, can the faculty provide the training and the experience that they need? So if a grad student or even an undergrad student has more training in one area, i.e. statistics, uh, than the mentor does, as long as the student can convey that information to the mentor and the mentor feels comfortable with that, I think it's totally fine Mm -hmm. at me personally, as a mentor, I wouldn't have no issue with someone coming in and saying like, Oh, I really know how to do conjoint analysis. Here's what you do in conjoint analysis. Here's what we're going to do. If they were undergrad, grad student, it wouldn't matter as much to me. What I would see myself doing in that case is giving them the experience elsewhere. So maybe they need more expertise on how to set things up in Qualtrics, how to run it on MTurk, how to collect the data, or those sorts of things, how to write it up as a publication. And those are the things that I can offer them. So it's more of a kind of a trade-off sort of thing. I don't feel like as a PI, you have to know everything from start to finish.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys are, like, just much better people than I am. Like, I I, just, I I, I, like, when people come to me, when students come to me and say, like, I know how to do X, I don't trust them. I feel like, well, okay, you say you know how to do X, right. but do you really know how to do X? And I think that the, the same thing happens... I mean, with statistics, they... Like, I've had a student... I can, like, think about one of my graduate students in the past... Who said they know how to do X... And we're going to do this in the thesis... And they did it, and I don't know that they did it right and and i i just wasn't comfortable with that whole experience because they said they knew how to do it and they were confident but but i don't know that they they knew it and and so i think that there's a lot of instances where where especially younger students and I'm sure I was like this too so it's not it's not to say anything bad about younger people or anything like that right. it's just saying like I think we're all like that. That, that that when we start to learn a little bit about something we think we know more than we actually do right. and and so have somebody who is like above you to say like wait 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 yeah you're 90% of the way there but you're really not all the way there here's these little nuance that you need to know here's the other things that you need to know I think that's valuable. And so if I just have a grad student who's doing a project and I, and I bring them on and say, like, yeah, great, let's do the project. I have no clue how to analyze the data, but you can figure it out, right? And and they do that. That, that just concerns me quite a bit. I, I don't know. But, again, maybe I'm just, like, not trusting enough of other people. But... But I don't know that that doesn't sit well with me to, to even right. be able to evaluate whether they say, yes, here's the way it is. Is that true?
2: I think some skepticism is healthy. Okay. Right? That's why we're scientists. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I go back to a couple of things as long as it's being done in good faith and it's not some like stopple esque sort of thing where it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to run the analyses behind closed doors and get what we want. And right. here, here's what it is. Um, and as long as you try and make it as transparent as possible, it, I'm not trying to pass the buck as a PI particularly, but I would feel comfortable with someone having expertise in an area that I didn't if I know that others in my field can check that work. Right, right? And we do that through publication, but then, you know, I think a little more directly we do that through publishing everything on OSF yeah. and making it open where we can.
0: Can I, can I give a little, like, aside... That, that if we all published our syntax and data on yeah. OSF, like, 90% of what we're talking about would not matter at all. Right. Because, like, right. other people could do this. I think that, like, the norm is, like, we don't publish our right. data, our syntax. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We should. But but the norm is, like, we don't do that. But I 100% agree that, like, if we just all published our syntax and our data on, like, OSF or some right. other... Uh, whatever the site it is doesn't matter that other people can check it, then like none of this would actually even matter. But I'm just saying, like, right, with the current state of the system and with, with the current um, general practices that what most people do, then we have to worry about this, yeah. So I totally agree, right? And I don't want to be too poly Open science, hooray! Yeah, and I don't want to be
2: too poly Anna-ish about all of this, right? Yeah. I- Maybe I'm biased, but I do think that, like you said, it would help a lot. Um, But you're right. The vast majority of people aren't doing this, and I believe some folks are collecting some data on this. Nice. Uh, I know there was a hackathon at the SPSP um, pre-conference about this. So maybe we'll know exactly how many people are doing these sorts of things, and then that can inform our answers to this. Um, But putting that aside, I think even in cases where, as a PI or first author, however you want to define it, you're not quite sure of how the stats were run. As long as you know you can check it in some way, yeah. you're fine. If it's like way off in left field, the statistics that this person is running, right, maybe you should simplify your design so you're not having to rely on that. But if it's like one step up from what you're comfortable with, I think that's totally fine, or even two steps up, right? Because you know that somebody else out there can check it.
0: I know but I, yeah, so I like, it's, a, it, it's so hard because I like, I like half agree with what you're saying. But then the idea of like, all right, great. So somebody else out there can check whether my study is okay. So it's just like, yeah, yeah we're going to run a study. And hey, grad students, I don't know entirely how to analyze the data we're just gonna make our best guess. We'll try, it's fine. And if somebody else out there tells us we're wrong, then great. Like, I don't know, there's just something that that doesn't feel right about that. And and especially at a place like like here, where, where most of the, not all, but most of the projects that we run, we have grad students or undergrads on. And it's meant to be a training experience of, like, you ran this study. Here's how we run the analysis. Here's how we do this. Here's how we do that. And I just feel like, I don't know, that, that, that doesn't feel satisfying to say, like,
1: well, I don't know,
0: let's make our best guess. And then, like, I don't know, hopefully somebody else will be able to tell us if we're wrong.
1: I think I'm somewhere in between you two, so I agree with Holden in theory, and I agree with Andrew. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I. I, like I said earlier, I 100% think the PI, especially if it's student, all, everyone else is a student. It's one faculty member, PI, who's also a mentor. And then you have an ethical responsibility to understand what they did. Right. Whether you have an ethical responsibility to actually be able to do every step that they did, I think mm-hmm. is debatable and depends on then this is where practice comes in. So I think that hypothetically there are situations where there are students who are strong enough to, that you can depend on them to do the stats. Mm-hmm. I think that in practice, especially at a master's institution, I rarely see a situation, I don't think I've ever seen <laughs> a situation where a student was able to independently run uh, something that was beyond a multiple regression. Right, Um yeah. So, in practice, I haven't come across many students where I would want to defer to them or feel like they are, at their stage of training, equipped enough. Now, I feel like they have potential, but at their stage of training... I don't feel like I've had many students that are equipped to do that. Yeah. Especially because doing that would require training themselves because we don't have those more advanced stats classes here. Yeah. So it's either doing like an online course or getting a book and trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you apparently. It's worth noting that like we're talking about at a master's institution. So a place where we have students for two years. Yes. Okay. This might be different at a PhD granting institution institution where they have the students for five, six, yeah. seven years, okay, yeah, after like six years, there might be students who are more advanced than their uh, professors.
1: And those are the examples I'm thinking of, yes. which make me more like, <laughs> right. yes. where I can think of situations yes. with colleagues where their students have started taking over running the numbers for their studies right. yeah. um, because they've taken advanced courses and they have uh, demonstrated ability.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's a big difference in terms of like what we're thinking about, where I'm thinking about like... Well, okay, yeah, but in the in, in a in a two years, could a student really like surpass, I mean, like no offense to some of the people here, maybe they can, but 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 I don't know, in two years they can surpass some of the professors here. But yes, at a in in a PhD where they have like five, maybe even six years, or sometimes even seven yeah, that's true. Maybe they can surpass their their advisors. There, that that yeah. is true. That's a good distinction to make.
2: And that that's where I was coming from with this. And I was kind of thinking about it maybe outside of our institution. Yeah. But another thing that was guiding my response to that is I was kind of playing out situations in my head, and I would never want to be in a situation where I say to a grad student, "I don't understand that statistic." you can't run it even though you're confident in it because I won't know what's going yeah. on. Like I don't want to squash their uh, drive to do these sorts of things. Yeah. And I think if they are if there's no other signs that they're they're doing this from malicious intent, then I would feel comfortable kind of offloading those stats to them. Yeah. All right. If Chances are, I mean, here, we're not going to get to that. Again, I don't want to disparage anyone here, but, like, we're... What? Two years. It's two, it's yeah, like two it's two years. years. It's not
0: that much time. Right. So yeah.
2: And, we're, I mean, I'm teaching quant now, and I see a wide range of ability, yeah. and that's that's great. And, I, you know, I'm welcoming to that, but I don't think that we're ever going to get to projects that are so complex enough that we would need higher level statistics. Yeah. Right? Because we've got two years to get a a thesis done. Realistically, it's more like one. Yeah. Right? When you account for all the timelines and stuff. But... In other situations, if I were in a different institution, I wouldn't want to be saying no to graduate students. I I see my role as a PI as not only providing the training that they need, but also kind of fostering that drive and interest. in can I do this? And how can I do this? And what's the skills that I need? So if they felt confident enough and I had a good read on that person and I felt like they were honest and they were coming at it from good faith, I'm fine with saying, like, all right, I might not understand all of this. Go ahead for it. You know, go ahead with it. If you if you feel comfortable, do it.
0: Yeah. So maybe this is this isn't a fair question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. So how many papers that you're on right now, how many papers do you have where you didn't understand one hundred percent of the stats you couldn't run one hundred percent of the stats that were published in the paper you have?
2: <laughs> so this is where everything unravels because <laughs> for me it would be I understand and could run 100% of the statistics yeah, on the papers thing. that I am on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, like, I have one paper. So there's one paper that I'm on. That were It was not my grad student. It was another faculty member. There's one paper that I'm on that I can't run the stats on it because it was, like, a panel regression, which I don't entirely understand. A panel regression. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and I feel super uncomfortable because I'm like well I don't know did he run it right? Did it, was it not right? Well, I don't know and there's one paper and that just sits uncomfortably with me so so for you guys there's zero papers and for me right. there's one and I feel uncomfortable with it and like like that's the thing is like what if there was a, a paper like how would you feel about that where there was a person I mean but it, it's so such a hard thing because you guys are like the stats people you know yeah. like, like I'm not the stats one <laughs> You guys are the staff people, so of course you're gonna know everything. So you don't even have to like deal with this sort of stuff. But I might actually have to deal with this sort of thing. I don't. Know. I don't have a question in that. It's just like, hey, by the way, we're different. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's a fair point because, it, like I said, it
0: totally un- unravels my yeah. argument a little bit. Yeah. But. But maybe that. Maybe that's a, a, an unfair like. Um, I don't know, like, statement on my part, because obviously, like, you guys know more than me, so there's just fewer opportunities for that to actually happen. But But.
1: I think there's an an analogy to be made when it comes to collaborating um, in terms of content, and so, like, I worked on a grant submission with Monroe, and I didn't fully understand or be, color, and I didn't feel a burden <laughs> to become yeah. familiar with uh, the, the moral psych theories that mm-hmm. were integral to the paper. Right. Yeah. I understood the ideas that he said in the, in the paper, but I didn't go back and read the background articles yeah. and I didn't feel too bad about it.
0: That's a really good point. So like knowledge is knowledge, basically like, well, does it matter if you have knowledge about the stats behind it or you have knowledge about the content area behind it? and yeah yeah I don't I I really don't have a good like like rationale like no 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 the stats you need to know but the knowledge okay fine whatever no that seems kind of ridiculous well you're not supposed to like come up with the like counter arguments for my reason you're supposed to like defer to whatever I say
2: so I I will push back on that I want to find the hedges on your argument so to speak alright do it Um. so Barring collaborating with shitty people, uh, <laughs> yes. ma- like, ma- what's the word I'm looking for, malintention yeah. people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or bad faith? Yeah. Um, barring that circumstance, yes. what is your uh, hang-up, I guess, on not being able to run the stats yourself? Is it just that if you had a question, you couldn't yeah. answer it, and you'd have to defer? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it yeah. that, like, you you feel like there's some, like, ethical quandary about the fact that not everyone on the paper can provide that knowledge?
0: Yeah, it, it is not at all the ethical thing. It is 100% my okay. own hang-ups of, like, I don't trust other people, so, like, I am not 100% sure yeah. did they run the right analysis. And and partly this is, like, a, an irrational feeling about what, what other people people are doing but partly it's a rational feeling in terms of like I have looked at the the analyses that other people have done right so I literally have an experience we were just talking about of a, a grad student who said like yeah I run this analysis and then I said great send me the data file and I looked at the data file and there are a couple people who were not included in, in the analysis for, for good reason oh. or for not a good reason It would not have changed the analyses overall. I mean, the p-value changed, the the effect size changed, small, uh, tiny change, but it wouldn't have changed the conclusions drawn from it. Right. But it was still not correct. And so I have so many experiences of that where it's just like, it's not... Perfect. It's not exactly what I can say and be be confident about. And so it's just really just my own, like, I don't entirely trust other people if I can't see exactly what's been done. So, you know, I, I kind of said this at the, right. the outset and I say it again. Like, this might be my own hang-ups of, like, I just don't trust other people unless I can actually see it. No,
1: trust it. but verify is
0: that what you're saying yeah I, yeah. I totally royal trust you royal society right there I yeah. uh, totally trust you except I if I or only in instances where I can verify what you're actually saying is true Yeah.
2: so then again just make it all open
0: yeah, but, but I mean, that, that goes back to my little plug of like, all right, so hooray, open science. Uh, you know, you know if, if everybody posted their data, if everybody posted their syntax, then this whole conversation that we're having, so sorry for listeners who have been listening for like 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> if we all just posted our data in syntax, then none of this would matter because we could actually have everybody else uh, um, double checking to make sure we're doing what is right. But right. while I think that's the right thing to do and I have started to do that. I didn't used to do that. But while I've started to do that, I don't think that's the norm. And so that's what all. I'm talking about is like, what's the norm, especially at a place like this where it's like, all right, what do we do as a teaching institution? Do I need to be able, like as a, you know, like my grad student? They're running a project or they're running a, a study. And I say, like, great, that's an awesome idea. No clue how to analyze your data. Go talk to, the you know, RDA, the the, um, the other area. And they'll tell you what's right and wrong. I don't know, but you're not really, like, teaching them. So does that mean that I'm shirking my responsibility? I don't know. That's just where I have just, like, a weird feeling about all of this. I don't think you're passing the
2: book there. Like, I, I think it's totally fine to acknowledge what you don't know. Yeah. And say, like, somebody else over here knows this.
1: And I don't think that open science would solve that whole problem. That's so, probably,
2: probably not. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So if you post. Twist. <laughs> <laughs> so if you post, because part of the concern that you had was that you don't understand, you want to make sure you can understand all of the output. Yeah. Right? And right. so just getting the syntax posted doesn't clarify for you as the PI what it means. That's true. So you could get someone else to write this in text and post it on your OSF site. Yeah. And that's not actually going to solve the problem of quality check. I mean, it might there could be peer review and all of those yeah, things. Right. But quality check, you're talking about quality check before yeah. it even gets posted. Yeah. And so you're not going to solve the quality problem just by... Well, I'm sure that everything I post Is amazing Thousands of
0: people are going to be running those analyses Because they're going to look at that paper Yeah. But that's a really good point That like, yeah, just because you post it Doesn't mean actually other people are checking it
2: Yeah, we don't know it's being verified Yeah,
0: that's a good point Damn it
2: It all falls apart yeah. Yeah. I, another thing I keep going back to is if it's an honest mistake, like I miscoded this mm-hmm. or the, for example, I I misscored something that was a measure in my dissertation. Right. And I remember how bad I felt when I had to tell my advisor about that. But it was it was an honest mistake. Something happened and we adjusted from that. The same, I think, holds true for an analysis, right? And this goes back to your point of, like, when we first start learning about something, we become overconfident, right? If you're at that stage and you're overconfident and maybe you don't allocate variance in the right way or you you put level one at level two or whatever it might be, as long as it's just that... I'm okay with that, and maybe that's because I've had so many no results, (laughs) things that didn't work out the way that I wanted to, but I'm also just fine with saying, okay, that was a mistake in that project, we can correct that. Chances are, if it's a project where I have students that are involved, it's part of a larger whole. So I'm going to have other projects that could help highlight why that was a problem. Now, in the case where it's a one-off study and that's the only thing, I think it becomes a little more complicated and you have to rely on other people checking your methods or replicating it. But again, if it's just a simple, honest mistake... It's okay. I mean, we're all fallible, yeah. right? To err as human. So I, I don't see as much of an issue with that. If it's someone coming in and saying like, "I want to run the analyses because I can, I can do this with it," that's where my biggest beef would be.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, there's all in a weird. I don't know. I feel like we're like, uh, a, a, like being in this. Course, to death the, the idea that like yes Maybe. you know you, you need to post your data because it's the idea of like is it an honest mistake or is it something that is just like you know you're, you're intentionally trying to um, find a particular result the only way that would be able to be identified is if somebody like posts their data posts their syntax and is like oh yeah I miscoded this I missed it, right. whatever if you never post that information you wouldn't know is it an honest mistake or is it something where somebody's like p-hacking something or somebody is actually doing something intentionally so yes again like uh idea of yes we should all post our data, post our syntax, I, I agree with that.
1: I think there's a third category that's more important that we're not talking about which all right. is incompetence. Alright. So there's <laughs> honest mistake, yep. malfeasance yep. and not knowing what you're doing.
0: Okay. Right. And
1: I feel like the question malfeasance is a thing that unfortunately has happened. It right. will happen. I like to think that it's rare. <laughs> Uh,
2: um, <laughs> blinders,
1: <laughs> right, right? Maybe, maybe blinders. I don't know. Um, but I think it's much harder sometimes to distinguish between making a, an honest coding error and not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and th- that. And when you're trying to train students. Yeah. That becomes a difficult thing to disentangle, right? Was the student not paying close attention? Right. Or do they not understand how coding works? Yeah. How this semantic category is defined or whatever it is. So so you're the
0: you know, head of the RDA, all right? So would you be okay if I said um, my graduate student... Just, like, I don't know how to run this analysis. They're, they have this really great question. I don't know how to run this analysis. Hey, Twyla, you tell them how to analyze their data and um, interpret their data. Is that something that you are okay with or... No. No.
1: I We have a policy where at least the first meeting, we want the mentor to be there as well. Ah, okay. So we at least have an an initial group meeting. Okay. What are the expectations um, and trying to suss out the best we can. How much of it is the mentor wanting us to step in as a yeah. quantitative mentor? Mm-hmm. And how much yeah. is it... Um, that the the mentor just wants a little extra help or support for the student. And so at least that first meeting, the mentor is there, and then we go from there, um, and it varies. I would say, like, so I have a category... I'm categorically opposed to never talking to the mentor. Now, I think I do sometimes get... um, weak-willed, shall we say, <laughs> when we're having our eighth meeting and it's hard to schedule. Yeah, and the yeah. mentor is like, you know, another person to try to coordinate with and right. we're moving along. Like, at that point, so we have a, a client right now who's working on their dissertation and at that point, it's just the student and the research consultant mm-hmm. and the mentor isn't as involved. Um, that's my answer. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, but I don't know, that that's a hard, I don't know. I mean, I had to, to, to like, propose this, but, it, but it's the idea that, like, so if I have an idea, if, if I think that, like, hey, the idea that my um, student is suggesting, I don't know how to answer that in terms of the, the statistics that would be involved. I can't just say, great. I don't know how to do that, but the RDA does. Is that okay?
1: It's usually... It's usually a situation sort of like what you were saying, Chris, where it's one step above what they know, and so um, we did a fairly complicated mediation model recently. Mm -hmm. And the mentor understood regression; they understood conceptually mediation; they had never used process. Okay. okay. Never. I, I think it was one of the more complex models. I can't even remember the details. And so they. So they understood okay. the foundation. And so then they said, well, why don't we bring in RDA to help okay. bump us up to level two? Yeah. That kind of thing. And I think that's fine. I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. So there there are many things. So like multi-level modeling, a lot of the um, uh, mediation analyses. I would agree with that. That in the sense that like, I understand the the. Theory behind it. I understand the basics basics of it, but like, um, like with process, there's like you know, have I run model, you know.
2: 27. 27. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I have not done that. And then there's 36 and then there's like, it's literally up to what is like 72 or something like that.
2: Thank you, have, Andrew Hayes.
0: <laughs> yeah, Thank you very much. I'm not disparaging it. I love it. Thank you very much. Keep uh, updating it. Yeah. yeah. Please do that. But yes, I agree. There, there are many that I haven't uh, uh, run, but I, yes, I, I see what you're saying. That like as long as the advisor un- understands at a conceptual level, here's what model 27 does okay. if they have to go to you to actually run 27 and help the, the grad student right. um, work through that or undergrad I mean who knows um, yeah I think that makes sense and I, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with that, and that that goes back to the idea of like, well, you know, in a um, in a talk, let's say you're you're describing this particular uh, um, um, analysis. If somebody asks you a question about the analysis, you can you you can answer that at a conceptual level they're not gonna answer or ask a question that says like, well, okay, in, you know, when you went to SPSS, did you go to analyze data, blah, 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 they're not gonna ask that, so they're not gonna ask, about the the specific um um i know mechanics yes thank you mechanics of how to run the analysis they're going to ask about the basic um structure the basic idea overall did you understand the analysis and yeah so i think that makes a lot more sense that's something i'd be more comfortable with i would say
2: yeah Yeah, I I agree there. Um, And one thing I I really like that you mentioned, Twilo is this idea of that middle ground of incompetence. And this is where I might totally walk back on some of my previous arguments (laughs) and agree with Andrew because if... If this the the person running the stats, whoever it is, is totally incompetent and you're shooting in the dark <laughs> as well, like that's that's not good. That's not why you should be doing the research that you're doing. So in that case I would say yes. If you're the PI on that and you're farming out, so to speak, the stats to someone else and they're totally incompetent, like that's a bad situation. I would still think, though, that there were things that led up to that or things that you could detect that would give you some insight to their level of competency before you say, okay, here's the data, run the stats. Um, But again, it's a tricky situation if it is that the statistics are run in a wrong way and nobody
0: really knows how to detect where things are off. So. Yeah. So, yeah, begrudgingly, I uh, more or less agree with you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to, uh, you know, be the, yeah, disagreeing with everything. But no, no, I mean, I, I think that, that makes sense. That that obviously, as with everything, uh, there are some situations, like you said, where it's like, all right, yes, the PI needs to, like, figure out how to do this. They need to learn a little bit more, but... As long as they understand the basics, I think it's under, it's reasonable to, um, I don't know, let's say outsource, but basically outsource to, to, to look for other people for help and to know what that what do I know? What do I don't know? And I think that's very reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else? All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, listening to this uh, episode of Marginally Significant. And uh, we will talk with you next time. Thank you for listening to Marginally Significant. We'd love to hear if you have comments, questions, or any feedback about today's episode. You can message us on Twitter at MarginallySig. Our email address is MarginallySig at gmail.com. And there's a contact form on our website, which is MarginallySig.com. However you contact us, we'll be sure to reply. Uh, If you're interested in supporting the show, we'd also love getting reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And finally, uh, you can post about the show on Twitter, Facebook, or any other social media platform that you use. However you support the show, we really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.